As we move into the month of November of this college football season, the men are going to begin to separate themselves from the boys. College football playoff polls coming out every single week from here on out. The biggest games, the biggest Heisman moments have yet to even happen. And there are only two guys capable and worthy of breaking it all down for you. Their names are both Patrick. You're listening to Pat's Interference, episode 19. We've got a full episode for you. Real good and a lot to talk about. A lot of games to preview, a lot of games to look back on. A meltdown from the Tennessee Volunteers, much to our joy. So, don't go away. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're feeling really good about this one. This is episode 19, Pat's Interference, coming right at you. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Year 2, episode 19 of Past Interference. We are so happy to be with you. Back on schedule with the two episodes a week. If you're looking for the Alabama episode, that's actually episode 18. We're on episode 19. You're listening to Pat's Interference. I'm Patrick Norwood. He's Patrick Brickman. Brick, how you doing, my man? I am good. I am full. I had two feet of sandwich for dinner. Gross. What type of sandwich? 24. Here's what happened. So I went to Subway. Sure. This is a great way to start a podcast. I went to Subway, and today, if you didn't know, I didn't know when I walked in, is National Sandwich Day. Yeah, well, it's, it's sub, you know, Pat's Interference brought to you by Subway. Of course. Um, so I go in, and apparently the deal is if you get a drink and a sandwich, you get a second sandwich free. So, of right. course, I get a sandwich and a drink. He's like, are you going to do the free sandwich? I'm like, what free sandwich? He's like, you get the whatever. You get the deal. So I'm like, is it like I, I it's free? You just hand it to me? He goes, yeah. All right. You just want a copy of the one I just gave you? I'm like, sure. So I got two footlongs oven roasted chicken, and I was like, I'm going to save one for lunch tomorrow. But then I ate one, and I wasn't full, so I ate the other one, and then I was full. So I had 24 inches of Subway for dinner. You That's going to hurt so bad when you're trying to fall asleep tonight. Oh, it's not going to be pretty overnight. But you know what? It was worth it. Hey. All right. And guess what? I, I told him to put a lot of that Chipotle Southwest sauce on it, too. Oh, God. I'm <laughs> I'm sick to my stomach just listening to that story. And Parmesan That's... cheese. Oh, God. Oh, my God. How are you alive? Dude, That's I don't... So... It's... It's a, so... you, my digestion Rick, we're not system. in college anymore, man. We've been out of college for two years now. I don't know if we're, this is podcast-friendly or not, but every bowel movement I have is an emergency. Oh, my, oh my God. What a way to start a pod. And we're not editing that out, by the way. I'm fine with that being on tape and on the Internet. You, Unfortunately, you're editing this week, so I have no control it over what stays. you do or do not to put on the podcast. Anyway, let's get into the college football, and dear God, let's get away from Subway sandwiches. Uh, undefeated's going down. Uh, two big teams in the Big 12. All oh, the Big 12. When when will you learn? Where when were you when you the Big 12, Big 12 died? I was I was. What was I doing Saturday? Oh, we had a soccer game. I was at a I was at a high point soccer game. Panthers Big 12 went. is kill. Big 12 is kill. No. No. West Virginia, upset by Oklahoma State, 37 to 20. Break this game was a lot closer than the score tells. Uh, Big 12 is dead. Baylor losing to Texas, 35-34. You called this one. I did. I picked I, this upset, straight up. I, I I, will not say that I hate Baylor uh, because I believe in using strong, descriptive vocabulary. So I will steal a quote from Scrubs, one of our favorite shows, and say that I mega-loathe Baylor. Um, Abhor. So seeing them lose Saturday was, was just great. Was just great. And you called it. I did. I felt good. Where I got to shoot from? Where you got to shoot from? Uh, again, Big 12 is dying. Wisconsin beats Nebraska 23-17. I, I called that one too, but that one's a little bit – a lot of people called that one. Yeah, I mean, you low-key called that one. Yeah. I mean, that's that wasn't like a huge like, oh, I thought – Yeah, going out on a limb or anything. And I'm going to go out on a limb on some of my picks this week, but – uh, no, so so we're down to five. We're down to five undefeated teams being Alabama, Clemson, Washington, Michigan, and probably the best of them all, Western Michigan. Go Broncos, is it? it Broncos or Mustangs? Hold on, I think I it's think, Broncos. I think it's Broncos. I'm about 99% sure it's Broncos. But regardless, Patrick, what was the biggest surprise for you this weekend? It's actually Buster the Bronco, if you're looking for a name. Oh, well, then. 
the well, mm, the biggest surprise for me. Well, we're gonna get into it at the end of this recap. The biggest surprise out of those three games um, was probably West Virginia. I just I don't know. I haven't I haven't bought into Oklahoma State ever. And I actually thought West Virginia had a little something going, even though I hadn't played many teams. I've always kind of liked West Virginia. I think they look cool. I was a huge Pat White fan back in the day. Um, Noel Devine. I liked Noel Devine. I thought he was going to win the Heisman multiple seasons. Uh, but anyone whose name is Patrick White and goes on to play for the Dolphins and in the you know baseball is good in my book. Um, sure. I guess none of these three losses are super surprising. I didn't expect any of them to be undefeated at the end of the year. My biggest surprise is, well, I don't want to ruin it because you're going to have a field no, day with the game. Go ahead. It, well, it was Will Muschamp killing Tennessee. Which is just great. Demoralizing them. Just, but that's, I'm just, just, that's all the tease we're going to give that. I'm really excited for that segment. So I just want to move on to, uh, so there's five undefeated teams, three fall. Uh, no big surprises that these specific teams lost. And I think that's really all the time we need to spend on those three. Well, my biggest surprise this weekend, since you asked, was uh, Louisville struggling so heavily with Virginia. Um, Now, I will say this. uh, Despite the performance, I do believe that this game ironically won Lamar Jackson the Heisman. You're going one of it. Yes. A good question is, did it help or hurt? I mean, lackluster is not a good thing to say that... Louisville is every, lackluster. Every, Lamar Jackson every was amazing. Every Heisman winner has that one game a season. That one game where they struggle. That one game where they just don't perform to the level that they probably should or could. But it's how they respond in that adversity that wins them the Heisman. You go back, you look at the way that Lamar Jackson responded. Oh, he yeah. threw a perfect ball. Led, the team, led his team down on a drive that a lot of people didn't think he could perform. And came out the other side with a victory. 361 opinion, yards, that four wins touchdowns. In the 88 yeah. rush yards. And we're sitting here talking about how it was a bad game. Well, Louisville played a bad game. I still don't think... I mean, he had one interception, and it took the offense a while to start rolling. But you're right. No, I mean, there is always a game for every team where they don't play up to their expectation. Uh, Louisville's played up to their expectation in every game, essentially, this season, even the Clemson game, which... You know, they're very I'm not, I'm not just won. saying team. I'm saying every Heisman winner has that one game. I mean, think about it. What was Derrick Henry's game last year where he underperformed? He scored in every game. Uh, maybe Arkansas was the only game he won under 100 yards. That's exactly what I was thinking. He should have ran all over that Arkansas defense last year, and everybody knows it. But he didn't. And Alabama um, suffered for it. I feel like I'm just kind of – like, I don't – I don't like the runaway Heisman year, unless it's obviously an Alabama player, but we've never seen that before. But I don't know. I keep, I guess I keep kind of rooting against this to be an oh, – I like Lamar Jackson enough, though. He's from the state of Florida. Um, I think that this will be a game that the voters can go back and look at that will say – and he's got a big game coming up against Houston in a couple weeks. But this is definitely sure. going to be one of those uh, highlights that's going to look real good on the Heisman highlight reel. Yeah. Yeah, and that, I mean, like I said, that touchdown pass he threw at the end of the game is one of the best balls I've seen all season. If his receiver had fought for a first down against Clemson a little bit better, Lamar Jackson would have this thing locked up, in my opinion. Still a lot of football uh, left to be played, as far as that's still, concerned. Though. Still a lot of football left to be played, but I don't, who else do you give it to, Bray? It's, well, this is the, and I put it down later in the, the this docket here, but this is the week that, Derrick Henry became somebody in the in the voters' minds. You know, and I'm not saying it's going to be an Alabama player, but Derrick Henry was sort of an afterthought, dark horse kind of guy until he outrushed uh, LSU and uh, Leonard Fournette by 200 yards in a primetime game. It's just the, the lights are brighter in the month of November, you know what I mean? So if Louisville drops a game or someone goes on a big tear in the last month of the season and rushes for 200 yards in every game like Henry did, I don't know. I don't know that any guy will step up, but if one does, I'm not saying it's out of the realm of possibility. I I just don't know who could at this point. Who is taking this from Lamar Jackson? Whew, 
That's a good question. That is a great question. Um, That's what I mean. It's like it's. I, I'm not. I'm not saying that he's you know the greatest player of all time. I'm saying that this season he's head and shoulders the best college football player. Well, here we'll talk. We'll, we'll talk about. So here's the here's the scenario I would have to envision. Louisville either drop. Louisville could drop another game. Or so there's what a good chance. Do? Or there's a good chance that he doesn't play in the uh, ACC championship game, which you know how much that weighs on the minds of voters. Now, if if, if they that, win Robert Griffin the third one, if if you mix that with nobody stepped up, here's what I'm getting into. If you mix that with somebody like a Jabril Peppers scoring three touchdowns against Ohio State, or a uh, or you know, honestly, like a, a a two touchdown game from a from a from a Jonathan Allen. I'm not saying Jonathan Allen's a front runner, but just anybody could step up that's on the big stage. Jake Browning at Washington could throw for a thousand yards in his last two games or something you never know i still think he's gonna win don't get me wrong i still think that odds on favorite he's 85 90 percent of my mind gonna win i mean just for the sake I, of conversation I, like i said i just there. i just don't know who else you give it to at this point i just i don't see or think of another person and think yeah you know he's really deserving of it jabril preppers is a great player he's a great athlete but I, I'm just—he's not Heisman material to me. He's just not. There could always be a meltdown. There could always be a meltdown. Absolutely. There's, nobody saw a meltdown from Fournette and LSE last year, and it happened. I'm just saying, there's a lot still left to be played. There's a lot of football left, but right now I don't see another person who could really take it away. My thing with Jabril Pepper is I think he's a great player. I, I cannot stress that enough. I think what he's done is absolutely impressive. I think there's a lot of guys that could do what he's done in college football if they had the opportunities he's getting. I'm with you there. To he's play, dynamic with the ball in his hands, but he, to he's play very both good sides of the ball. I I just I think there's a lot of guys who could fit that mold. You know, um, I I just I think he's a great player. I think he deserves to go to New York. I don't think he deserves to be in the top two of the Heisman voting. I will say all. this: it's been pretty disappointing and likely you know how remember how much of the heisman i mean there were so many candidates uh kirsten mccaffrey uh, uh cook from fsu you had um you know deshaun watson hasn't played up to par uh elijah hood from north carolina a ton of guys that people talked about before the season uh nick chubb another one that just haven't that's a disappointing chubb <laughs> that is one disappointing chubb um uh, yeah no i i mean i i think I, I'm not sure if it's a lack of names or if it's just – I mean, go look at Lamar Jackson's stats. It, oh, it's just mind-boggling. It's Unreal. video game numbers. You know, I mean, it's it's just – it doesn't even seem real. It doesn't seem like something that should be going on. Um, and I, I just don't get that vibe with anybody else. So I'm not sure if it's – there's less players or if it's one guy that's really just been that much better. Yeah. Moving, well, on, another, moving on, another surprise for me this week, or this weekend, this past weekend, excuse me, was Washington somewhat struggling with Utah. Utah's a good team, seemed, but yeah, it was surprising nonetheless. Washington seemed like world beaters up until this point, and they really struggle with that Utah team. Yeah. Uh, so where do you put Washington as far as where they stand against the Alabamas, the Michigans, the Clemsons? Where do you put Washington? I've been having trouble answering that question, to be honest. Because I kind of think, you know, I think Washington can run their table. I think Washington can enter the playoff undefeated. But remember, FSU entered the playoff undefeated in the first season, and they weren't equipped to handle the three other best teams in the country at the time. So I, I, I'm trying to imagine them in a playoff scenario, and I still can't answer my own question. How well can Washington compete with Alabama or Michigan? In, f in fact, how well can Michigan compete with Washington and Alabama. It's so hard to tell. Like, it's just this season kind of feels like Alabama's been in a class of their own. And then we're looking at Michigan, Ohio State, Clemson for most of the season, and Washington as that second tier. And I have no idea how they compare to each other. You know, we thought, uh, yeah. we thought Michigan State compared pretty well with Alabama last season, although they played Alabama strengths, and they weren't even in the same stratosphere. No. But I also remember we thought the same thing two years ago with Ohio State. Yes, we didn't think they would handle, and then they 
were insane. It's so hard to tell. Uh, but I, if I've got to put my if, – if I have to answer a gun to my head, I think Washington is the third best team in the country. Okay. Behind Alabama do and Michigan. Uh, okay. Well, do you want to do it now or CFP playoff will, poll? We'll, we'll get down to that in a little bit. Okay. All right. Uh, you put on here how much are we backing off of Ohio State. I'm not really backing off of Ohio State. But it's a fair question. Eh, I mean, I don't know, man. Northwestern's a decent team. They're not good. They're decent. Um, But Ohio State should be able to handle them. I I will make a decision on Ohio State when they play Michigan. That's a good, that's a good, that's a good I know that's a crappy it. answer because they play them last game of the season, but in my heart of hearts, that's how I'm going to gauge how successful they were this season and what kind of team they are this season. I think they're in the same lull they got to last year. They, they are either arguably the best team in the country, or for some reason they don't know how to call an offensive play and put a drive together, and then they barely squeak by games or get upset by Penn State. You know what I mean? Their offense, right. for some reason, goes through this two- or three-game stretch the last three years in a row where you'd go, what, are we seriously overrating Ohio State this badly? And then I think they're going to actually really handle Nebraska this week, and, and I, I think we'll start to see Ohio State really put their foot on the gas and try to run through Michigan once they get there because their eyes are set on that game. I think they just kind of underestimated Northwestern, and they lost a heartbreaker to Penn State the week before. But at least right. they squeaked by 24-20. I mean, if they'd lost, that would have been – Horrible for the college football storylines the rest of the year. Right, would not have been good. Would not I would have, have been actually good. not been happy about it. I want them. I want that Ohio State Michigan game to mean something. I do too. I do too. Uh, first off, before we get into this next topic, I just want to say that your coverage uh, from the Florida State Clemson game was outstanding. I know that I appreciate you being there, and I, I, I am sure. I am confident that everyone else in your market is A, jealous that you were there, and uh, and B, really appreciated you being there, doing some awesome reporting uh, at Florida State. I, I can tell you that I appreciate it, even if some other people don't. Great game, 37-34. A classic ACC football game of, I don't want to win, how about you win? No, I don't want to win either. You can go ahead and win this one. The Tigers Let's take let the down 37-34. Give me your take of it. That was the perfect way to describe a quintessential ACC game with one addition. I don't want to win. You take it. No, you take it. No, you take it. Actually, here, none of us take it. Let's let the refs decide. Let's, um, yes. <laughs> Let's make it a controversial call. How about you run out of bounds with three seconds left? But did your foot actually go out of bounds? Did you have possession of the ball? Screw it. Who cares? Here we go to the college football playoff. Anyway, what was your take from the sideline looking through the lens of a camera as we do so often? Well, I was so excited for this game. You know I like FSU, but I was so excited to see Deshaun Watson in person. I mean, that's the thing I was really looking forward to. And he was, uh, he was all right. He was not, he he was okay. I think that this year's Deshaun Watson, we've, we've given him the benefit of the doubt of being great, but he has not been great in any game except like Boston College this year. I think that he just didn't impress me. Deshaun Watson is very much like the giant firework that you go and buy on the 4th of July, and it's, like, going to be the grand finale, and then you light it off, and it's like a bottle rocket. Like, it's not that impressive. Like, that's like that's how I, like it looks impressive. And from the outside, you're like, oh, my God, this is going to be awesome. This is going to be so great. And then you light it off, and nothing happens. And you're like, oh, oh, okay. That's, I've just yet to see fine. the Deshaun Watson of the national championship. And... He always plays better. He played very well against Louisville, but he, I mean, or he, had, he turned the ball over. He's just, I think his big thing is he's not taking care of the ball. He's run into the, last year it was, he was coming off an ACL surgery. He was a dark horse. Nobody was really talking about him. And he balled out because everybody was talking about FSU. Nobody was talking about Clemson except your boy, True. Your boy, sure. Patrick, right here. True, talking mm-hmm. about Clemson. Um, sure. But this season, you know, the target was on his back. Everybody knew what he was. The expectation was Heisman year. The expectation was undefeated season, which that's still intact. But um, And the expectation was a Heisman run. And so he's forced things. And he threw two interceptions, bad interceptions, against a soft FSU defense in that game. Um, and then the other thing from that game is, I don't know, 
the ACC refs are terrible. I'm so glad that we awful. complain about SEC refs all the time. They're not as bad as ACC refs. It was terrible. That game, that game was painful and lasted about an, uh, an extra hour and a half than it should have. And then, and yeah, I'm not saying it was all refs, but a lot of it was. Dalvin Cook, incredible. Absolutely incredible. Almost single-handedly as a running back carried FSU to that win. Um, their quarterback is tough as nails. He's got a long way to go, but I like their quarterback. And there was a there was a uh, chop block foul that was was horrible. I I give FSU the award for the second best booing stadium I've ever been to. They called the chop block. They showed it on the jumbotron. Awful call. Took away a 65 yard gain from Dalvin Cook and took away the 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 excitement in the stadium on that last drive. Um, the first place goes to Auburn, by the way. They booed for right. an entire quarter last year in the Iron Bowl. Um, and Not then right. we complain about our offensive line sometimes at Alabama, and they're nowhere near as bad as FSU, or Georgia for that matter. Two straight false starts. FSU had the ball on the 34-yard line, down three. That's field goal range. Two straight false starts, followed by two straight sacks. Unacceptable. That's all I got from that game. Pretty terrible. Uh, from the couch perspective, uh it was, like I said, it was a classic ACC matchup. Um, it was impressive to watch Dalvin Cook run. Uh, and I can't wait to see how he performs at the next level. Underwhelmed by Deshaun Watson. Underwhelmed by both of the teams, honestly. And a little surprised that Clemson is undefeated up to this point. It's reminding me of FSU two years ago as well. Like, they are actually almost the mirror image. They keep barely winning these games they shouldn't win. And... They're just getting away with murder in some of these games, too. Troy, they beat by less than a touchdown. Um, NC State, the only reason they won is because the NC State kicker missed a 33-yard field goal right down the middle to send it to overtime, and then Clemson won in overtime. 33-yarder, that's a chip shot. That's an NFL extra point. Boy, oh boy. So I think when Clemson makes the playoff, if they make the playoff, I think they're going to get that spank. I think they're going to get spanked by Michigan, Ohio State, or Washington. I think they're the weakest, and they're ranked number two, and I think they are the weakest of those five teams by far. I agree. I huge, agree. I huge agree. ocean between them and the rest of the country. I don't think that Clemson should be anywhere near the college football playoff uh, right now. I think they should be five. If we're going to go based on what I've five seen on the eye test, they should be behind A&M. Five or six. I agree. I agree. Uh, hey. <laughs> hey, Patrick. Patrick, Patrick. When we introduce a segment with you doing that laugh, you always know what's coming next. <laughs> Tennessee lost 24-21 on Saturday. Will, do I have the honor? Can I do this? I, I'm giving it to you. This is my gift this to you. It's why no one likes you. Ready, Tennessee? You're about to get Baylored. This is why no one likes you. Because every single year, you waste our time with some crap about how it's your year about how it feels like 98, about how you've got this new quarterback and this running back core. We've got these wide receivers, and they're going to be so good. Our coaching staff has finally figured it out, and everybody get on the Butch bus, and let's ride the Butch bus. And his face gets all weird and red sometimes, but who cares? He's got a head like a hedgehog, and I love him. Till he starts losing some games, then we hate him. We want him fired. Till he starts making some questionable calls late in games and has terrible clock management, then we're wondering why we still got him as our coach. They're the most fair-weathered fans. They're the only fans that could boo their team off the field at halftime and then cheer and sing their praises at the finale of the game. And Patrick, it is finally, karmaically caught up to them this season in the most colossal shit show of a season that I can remember them having in quite some time. Will Muschamp beat you 24-21. to let me say that again in case you missed it, Tennessee. While you're down there on Rocky Top talking about how proud you are of your falls. 24-21, the Gamecocks just took you down on the season where you said you were going to win a national championship. What are you doing with that coach? What are you doing with these recruits? And what are you doing with these players that are transferring, which is a nice segue into our next point. Jalen Hurts transferring, Patrick. He's gone. He's gone. He's gone. He was he, the he, offensive powerhouse of that team don't sit there and tell me josh dobbs was the reason that team was winning football games he wasn't he wasn't even close the guy can't throw to save his life now says they lied to him he says they lied to him 
I've heard he said multiple, that he was... I, I, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Oh, I am not done. Uh, okay, I've bad. heard multiple rumors. I've heard they lied to him. I've heard that they sent him in after he failed a concussion protocol test. And if that is the case, there has to be some NCAA action on that. There has to. I don't know how you prove that happening, but if that gets proven, there has to be action. I'm sorry I interrupted you. Now you may continue. That, and I don't want to get into it, but something about his mom being arrested, and I haven't read into that. Anyway, um, at, during that the That was just game. a side note. That was just something funny that I sent you, because how, how. Oh. But anyway, anyway, anyway. So, yeah, so Jalen Hurd uh, apparently says that, I don't. he didn't say it, but this is what everybody's saying, that he feels like he was lied to by the coaching staff. He was thinking of leaving next year, because he's a 6'4 running back, and 6'4 running backs don't exist at the next level. And his mindset is, NFL now. Hey, I'm in my early 20s. I'm not 18 anymore. I got to start thinking about my future. The NFL is how I'm going to get paid. And he starts thinking, I need to find a different offense. I don't fit this offense. But Butch Jones tells him, no, we're going to switch it all up for you. We're going to run a lot more eye formation this year. And then they change the offense for the bowl game against Northwestern to convince him that it would be done. And then they come back this year and start going back to their old ways. Josh Dobbs, horribly regresses this season. There is no other way to slice it. The biggest problem, the reason they didn't make the jump, is because Josh Dobbs, and don't tell me about injuries. I'm about to talk about their injuries, but don't tell me that. Josh Dobbs is not even an above-average SEC quarterback this year. He runs the ball well sometimes. It makes you go, wow, he can run. And I, you know, that's fine until you've lost three games in a row and you lost to South Carolina. And you can say, yeah, they've had, and they have, they've had a lot of injuries, but even when their team was healthy, even when their team was healthy, you could have seen this coming. They barely beat Appalachian State. They barely beat Ohio. And then they needed an insane second-half comeback against uh, an okay-ish Florida team. This was never, ever, ever a national championship contender. Ever. In a 49-10 beat down to Alabama and a 24-21 loss to South Carolina only proves that. So, and don't forget, almost lost to Florida, almost lost to Virginia Tech. Well, didn't really almost lose, but we're getting whooped by Virginia Tech. Georgia, Georgia, that Georgia had, team. Had a close game against Georgia, had a close game against Ohio University. Go Wildcats. And everybody thought that this, Bobcats, buddy, the Bobcats, man. Oh, you're right. right? Yeah, you know, you're right. Yeah. yeah, my bad. I've not, yeah. I know very little about that team. It's just, it's just so bad. It's, just, I just don't understand where they get off every year thinking that they're going to be good. Be realistic for once. Live in a state of realism. I get called all the time. You call me this sometimes, Patrick. You're the most pessimistic Alabama fan I know, and it's true. I, I really, and it's not the fact that I don't want us to win. It's not the fact that I, I root against us. It's the fact that I've had my heart broken so many seasons by Alabama, even like before Nick Saban. That is still catching up with me. 2005, Jamarcus Russell throwing a strike 30 yards down the field in the last five seconds haunts me. To this day, haunts me. Kick six, haunts Ouch. me. Auburn, 2010, haunts me. Those things kill me to my core. But I'm a realist about our team. The past three years, I've told you one of two things. Either A... It's going to be an off year, and what I mean by off year is we're going to have two to three losses, or it's going to be a good year, we're going to win the national championship. Patrick, have I led you astray in the past three years? Not really, no. No. Well, the last year we thought last year would be a rebuilding year. I thought I said two lo- I said two losses last year. I said two losses this year. And even if I'm wrong in that, I'm not that far off. God, it's just, just live in a state of realism. For a second. Wake up. They, they Realize went from, how bad you are. They went from, we're going to win it all. Like, when they beat Florida, that was the, we've turned the corner in the second half of this game. Georgia put them back down to earth a tiny bit, but not really, because they were still, you know, Butch Jones cried on the field, y'all. It's so sweet. We're going to, I will always love you. Celine Dion love behind it. It's, it's um, just... It's just all and Patrick, you put on here what temperature is the Butch Jones hot seat? It's not hot at all because they're living in a state of delusion that it's not his fault they're losing these games. Here's Butch Jones. 
I will give Butch Jones the credit that the talent level, like you can just see it on the field, the talent level is uh, higher than it was three years ago. No question. No question. But he's not developing the talent to where Tennessee thinks he is. He's developing it to first, second, third place in the SEC East type level. Not, hey, we're the best number one or number two team in the entire conference and we're going to the playoff level, like they think. He's not developing. He's had, he's had, he's had three years with Josh Dobbs to turn him into what, what does he become? And, you know, Josh Dobbs is a very intelligent person. We've heard that a million times thanks to Vern Lundquist. And I'm not saying that that automatically translates to being a good quarterback, but he's not developing the players. They're not seeing I mean, the results is, on the what field. Is what does 2010 Alabama season tell you? It's not about having good players. It's about having a good team. Nick Saban will never have a more talented group of players than he did in 2010. I'm with you. Don't, you don't believe me? Go and look at that roster. Marcel Darius was still there. Mark Ingram was still there. Trent Richardson was still there. Greg McElroy was still there. Greg Will McElroy Lowry was still there. Julio Jones was still there. Tana Patrick. Barrett Jones. William Vallejos. <laughs> I mean, it's like, I, I, we're laughing. I'm serious, Brick. No, I'm with you. I just... were unbelievable. Dante Hightower was on that team. Trey DePriest was on that team. Courtney Upshaw was on that team. That's a name I forgot about. Trey DePriest? Yeah, I hadn't heard that one in a long time. That's a name I haven't heard in a long time. Can we get to something happy? Tennessee, you're done. I'm done with you. I'm sick of worrying about you. I'm sick Is of looking Is this the most disappointing you season they've ever had? No. Is this the most disappointing? No, no. Four years ago, they lost to Vanderbilt. It was four or five years ago, they lost to Vanderbilt. I mean, just got crushed in Nashville. We still might play Tennessee again again this year. That's still Mass, sort of Mass, likely. Yes, but do you honestly think that can happen? Uh, if Florida loses to LSU and Arkansas, it will happen. Look at the Arkansas team that's been playing the past couple weeks. You think that team's beating Florida? No. Ah. Stop. Stop it. You haven't been watching enough Florida if you think that. No, I haven't watched much Florida this year. That Florida defense is good, man. Oh, they're they're awesome. No doubt. No doubt. They are good. Okay. Let's move on to happy things, shall we? Let's do it. Coach Saban turned 65 the other day. Happy birthday to Coach. Those who don't know who's born on Halloween, that's both adorable and terrifying all at the same time. However. Lord himself. How How many virgins do you think he sacrificed for his birthday this year? Jeez, man. Why would you go there? That's how we win. That's how he gets these recruits. Not he performs all. rituals. Not at all. Jeez. All right, how many planets do you think he blew up? Okay, four. Let's yeah. keep going. Uh, he's going for his 200th win on Saturday. For those who didn't listen to the Bama podcast, Brick and I both think he's going to do so. Brick, what do you think? Just give me the, the overarching theme, a little one-minute clip from our episode the other night about what Alabama has to do to win this game. I think if Alabama can just kind of play a composed game, um, don't let the crowd get too crazy, hit the ground running, and uh, not turn the ball over. I think LSU is a team, like we saw last year, that plays in Alabama's strengths. And the only way LSU wins this game is if they create a ton of chaos. And we've not seen Jalen Hurts get rattled, which is a good thing, but he's also not played in Death Valley at night. Uh, Alabama takes care of the ball. They play solid defense, like we've seen all season. They make big plays on the defensive end. And Danny Etling is a uh, hes a statue at quarterback. He can't move. That's not good against this pass rush. So I think Al- I, I feel good. I feel like a two-touchdown, three-score game, 14-20 point win, I'm feeling. I like it. I like it. Uh, like I said, Coach Saban going for his 200th career collegiate victory that's not at alabama that's everywhere included obviously um but uh moving on switching gears a little bit uh i know a game i will be watching uh 3 30 p.m purdue taking on the minnesota golden gophers a six and two powerhouse in the big 10 this year the golden gophers are purdue sitting at three and five 
just scratch, just hanging on to that bowl. Come on, Purdue. We're making it to a bowl this year, boys. Who's the better three and five team, Purdue or Ole Miss? Purdue, by far, Purdue. I'm with you. I mean, come on. It's it's not even a contest. Not even a contest. Let's do a pick'em. You got four games on here. Let's do a little bit of a pick'em. Let's let's burn through. We got four games. I, I put four games down. I want this section done in 40 seconds. All right. We're going to start in three, two, one. Brick, Nebraska, or Ohio State. Nebraska is playing at Ohio State. What's your call? Buckeyes. Buckeyes. I'm taking the Buckeyes. I like the way JT Barry plays this game. Florida at Arkansas. Does Arkansas really stand a chance against that Florida defense? No, secondary is way too good at Florida, and Arkansas can't run the ball well enough. I expect Luke Del Rio to really go off and start raising some eyebrows in this game. Watch out, SEC East. Speaking of SEC East, the dumpster fire bowl. Kentucky at Georgia. Who you got? (laughs) I enjoyed putting this game on there. I'm going Kentucky. I'm going for chaos, baby. I like it. Let's get Boom and the Wildcats in the SEC championship game. Let's see if we can get Kentucky and Atlanta for the SEC championship game. And then also get them. Where's the fight? Where's the SEC the campaign starts match? now? The campaign starts now. Every podcast episode, Kentucky for Atlanta, Kentucky for Atlanta, and then Kentucky basketball. I think they're playing the Final Four. Is it? Oh, is it in Louisville this year? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe back in Atlanta. Let's get a, both basketball and football in the SEC championship game. Let's do that. Let's do that. Bama at LSU. We already talked about. We're both taking Bama. You said that Bama's got to take care of the ball. Jalen Hurts can't get rattled. I'll take LSU. LSU's also got to take care of the ball. they got to get outside of the pocket, and they got to get Fournette going early. If they can't do that, they're going to have a rough time. Patrick, 38 seconds on the nose. I wasn't keeping time, but good job. I'm just saying, the podcast really just writes itself. It really it does. does. November is a great month for college football break. It and plus, really you, you, you know, you got the two greatest college football podcasters that God has ever put on this earth doing it. Sure. That's not us, but I, whoever you're talking <laughs> about, good for them. Good for them. That's great. Uh, it, the stories are starting to sort of solidify as you've written on the docket here. Heisman Ray starting to take form a little bit. Uh, we talked about this. I, I think it's Lamar Jackson's to lose. It's a November thing. It's all a November thing. November always surprises somebody in some way. And honestly, last year the surprise was LSU falling apart, Clemson coming together, and Alabama turning on the scorched earth mode, and Derrick Henry running for 200 yards in every game to end the season, essentially. I don't I, see a Derrick Henry this year, though. I don't I don't see anyone who could take it from Lamar Jackson unless Lamar Jackson completely comes apart. I don't think it's going to be the runaway vote at the end. Of, I still think Lamar Jackson wins. But if I think 9 out of 10 people vote Lamar Jackson right now, I think it's going to be more of 6 out of 10 people by the time the season's done, just because he won't probably won't be playing in a uh, conference championship game, and some other people will be, and they'll be in prime time, and everyone watches. The other unless thing we're going to focus on McCaffrey. in November is the college football playoff poll. Bama 1, out. Clemson 2, Michigan 3, Texas A&M 4, Patrick Give me one surprise and one change you would make to this college football playoff poll so far. All right, my big surprise was uh, A&M at four. Everybody was surprised by that. A lot of people screamed SEC bias. I liked what they said, and so did you. We both liked why they explained it. My change would be to move Clemson. I thought that was what was going to be the surprise. And then they put him at two. got to move Clemson out of the top two, out of the top four if you ask me. See, this was – we just kind of flip-flopped those, but my surprise was Clemson being number two. I didn't expect Clemson to be in this at all. I, I really genuinely didn't. I, there's always a big surprise. You know, it, it was like last year when Alabama had lost to Ole Miss, and you called me while I was on the way home from work at Golf Channel one day. Yep. Uh, the night the poll came out, and you said the voters just told us they don't care that Alabama lost to Ole Miss. They don't care. And that was the big surprise from last year. The big surprise to me this year is that Clemson's number two. I thought it was going to be the fact that Clemson got left out. And the change I would make was, I would take, I would, honestly, I would take Texas A&M out. My, you have what, an argument there. What you would your poll be if you had if to make I, Alabama, Michigan, Washington, uh, 
I think A&M, if I really sat and thought about it, has been a more impressive team this season than Clemson. You can't fault them for losing to the number one team in the country the way they did. And they played well against Alabama for a very long time in that game. And I think on a neutral field, A&M takes care of Clemson uh, pretty easily. That's pretty bold. That's pretty bold. I would go, and this is going to ruffle some feathers, so get ready. Bama 1, Michigan 2. I would go Washington 3, Louisville 4. Mm, so you kept Louisville, and that's not a bad call, keeping Louisville I, in. I like Louisville, and this is me being a college football playoff voter, looking not just at what they've done this season, not just where they're at, but looking at where they're going to go. Because, listen, the college football voters don't just vote on this week by week. They, they put Texas A&M saying, okay, let's see who takes care of business from here, probably knowing that Texas A&M either A isn't going to or B someone's going to leapfrog them, more than likely Washington. So, And I like that. It's ever-changing. It's evolving. This is the obligatory, do you remember the first ever top four poll that the college football playoff came out with? Do you remember it? Yes. I uh, got it. It was, hold on, Mississippi State? Yes. Was it Auburn next? It was Mississippi State, Florida hold on, hold State, on, Auburn, Ole Miss. Florida State, Auburn, Ole Miss. I knew the Mississippi State, Auburn, and Ole Miss were in it. I had forgotten that Florida State made that first poll. Yes, they were still undefeated. Winston was still there. Um, they had that winning streak. Uh, so, you know, it, it won't – the chances are, and this looks pretty definitive, but there's still so much football left to be played, one or two of these four teams is definitely going to lose. And – or not definitely. They could go undefeated, but somebody's probably going to lose, and it's probably going to look completely different come December. Right. It's it's We're in for a whale of a month. I mean, I told you, I, the SEC championship game is, hold on, let me pull it back up. I think we're dead set, no, less than a month away from the SEC championship. Wow. Heisman Trophy winner gets crowned, I believe, either the fifth or the sixth. Wow. I mean, we're, we're a month away. We're this year is flown away. by. Flown oh, by. Oh, Bring... I meant to Go say ahead. this earlier. I meant to say this earlier. Um... I think there's a reason I don't think Alabama is going to have a Heisman winner this year, and it's because I don't see anybody on Stanford that's good enough to be runner-up. <laughs> <laughs> that's just a harsh jab, man. That's that was the, good. That was good. You know Andrew Luck is one of our, our, our dear listeners. He's a loyal, he's a loyal P.I. fan, and you, you, just, you just grabbed on him. Yeah, I told Toby, Toby Gerhardt I'd make a joke this week. That's brutal. That's brutal. All right, Brick, it's sound off time. So if you want to go ahead and take that headset off, because I know you're going to hate this one, my friend. Yeah. Uh, this, just... one, this one's this one's some hydrogen peroxide after you. Uh, after just stick to the Celtics ears, please. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. My favorite, well, my favorite basketball player of all time is Michael Jordan, because I'm an American hero, and that's what you do. When you're an American, that's just what you do. You root for Michael Jordan. LeBron is the second best player. Michael Jordan's your favorite player because he's the greatest of all time, period. However, I had to pick someone different. The sweetest jump shot I've ever seen. And one of the personalities that I sort of, for some reason, am drawn to the most in the NBA, Ray Allen. From his time at UConn, moving up to the Milwaukee Bucks, and then finally landing with what I think was the peak of his career with the Boston Celtics, becoming part of the Boston Three Party, moving on to Miami, beating the Spurs, sorry, for a championship. His retirement, should he come back, should he stay away, all of that, I think what I'll remember most about Ray Allen, uh, other than the final series between he and Allen Iverson, where they both went off, you remember that night? I mean, they went back-to-back scoring for about six or seven minutes. And it was impressive. If you don't know what clip I'm talking about, look it up on YouTube. You'll find it. Other than that, I remember my brother and I were watching in 2000. It was either 2008 or 2000. I think it was 2008. 
he came down the floor three or four times consecutively. Just didn't even didn't matter. He could have been in double coverage. He was either left wide open, six feet behind the line, corner, wing, didn't matter. Every time he let go of a three pointer, it didn't hit anything but the net. Every single one. Swish, swish, swish. Three or four in a row. And I have not seen something more impressive. It almost looked fake. It didn't look real. It looked like something like the ball was remote controlled like in Flubber. It didn't look real. So, happy retirement to Ray Allen, or as I'm calling it, the retirement. Happy, happiest of retirements to him. He was a great, great player for the sport of basketball and a great American athlete. Brick, that's my sound off. It's over. We ripped the Band-Aid. Now it's your turn. I can say this, and, you know, all-time leader and three-pointers made. Um, I have nothing against Ray Allen, the player. I, I want people to know that. Like, I don't hate Ray Allen, but I have to hate Ray Allen. For the same reason I have to hate Cam Newton. Because Ray Allen is and Chris Davis is the yeah, guy. Yeah, but uh, I, I wouldn't it, relate it to Cam Newton. Cam Newton's he a giant. Ripped, but he ripped... Well, yeah, but he ripped my heart out and ate it on the court. I don't care about the personalities. I don't care about what they did in every single game except 2013 Game 6 of the NBA Finals. Fair enough. It just, oh, boy. I don't want to, okay. Thank you for making that pretty quick. You're welcome. Um, last night, the uh, actually 24 hours ago to the dot as we sit here almost, the Chicago comes with well, well, the World Series, first one since 1908. Uh, amazing moment for the sport of baseball incredible um on a side I, note before you get into your sound off sorry just right quick seeing pictures of bill murray tearing up after that game tore my heart to pieces there have been some amazing stories that have come out of this some amazing feel-good stories about people that waited their whole life for the old men uh essentially on their deathbed getting in one last smile because the you know you know stories like that but and I'm going to go negative on it, but first I'm going to give this its due diligence. I want you to know, I was rooting for the Cubs. I realized what this game meant for baseball. Had the Indians won, it would have been amazing for baseball because the two longest title droughts, essentially, in the sport in a Game 7 take-all. I watched every pitch. It was incredible, and I was glued to the TV. Um, this was probably the biggest game, the most historic game for baseball since... Game six of the World Series, 2011, Cardinals-Rangers. Um, just because the, 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 the excitement from that game really did well for baseball for a couple years afterward. With that said, there's a such thing as a bandwagoner fan, and I'm going to go take that a step further. I cannot stand Facebook fans of a team that will, out of nowhere, and it's not just with the Cubs. The Cubs are just the perfect example of it right now, but it's happened pretty much every sport that I can think of. They need so badly to be involved in this and not just sit back, enjoy it, watch it with your friends, have a beer, have a good time, and reminisce about it with people in later days. They ha they need so badly for this for people to look at them during this moment that they will change their profile picture to the Cubs and they've never posted anything about the Cubs for as long as you knew them, and you've known them for a long time. You went to high school with some of these people, and all of a sudden they're huge Cubs fans. Um, I had no idea that in 2013, 2014, in Tuscaloosa, of all places, Tuscaloosa, Alabama, I had so many Seattle Seahawks friends. It's, uh, every team, and then, and, you know, growing up, the Golden State Warriors were a joke of a franchise. They get a good owner. The owner makes some great draft picks. And all of a sudden, I've, I've liked Golden State for years. Who's Baron Davis? What? Baron who? Yeah. Um, that just irks me. And I know that I'm being very pessimistic about this wonderful moment of baseball. And I tried to, like, kind of cushion that with I understand why this game is amazing. But it should be amazing for those reasons, not because, look at me, I'm part of this. I just can't do I, I agree with you. I, I just don't – this is just the one time where I can't, I can't agree with you. If you weren't on the Cubs bandwagon after last night, I don't know that you have a beating heart. The funny thing is the Cubs, the Cubs are here to stay. This isn't just a one-time team. I mean, they're going to be good for a while. And they're the, they're Chicago, so they're going to be able to afford these players. 
Chris Bryant, he's going to be making a humongous paycheck in a couple years. And these guys are good, and they're young. Arietta, um, Rizzo, all these dudes. Not Jason Hayward. David Roth. <laughs> By the way, um, what they've been saying about Jason Hayward is actually pretty cool, though, after the game, because he's been garbage all season for them. And right. everybody's going to remember his season pretty happily because of last night. Yeah. That's all I got on the Cubs. Congratulations to the Cubs. Um, Congrats as an Orleans fan like that say. ruined your 19, sorry, 2003 season, I'm, go- I'm glad to see you win this one because I know what the Marlins did to you in 2003. And I know like what they I'm did saying, to the Indians in 1997. It's just the one time I can't agree with you on the bandwagon thing. Like, this is genuinely the one instance. I don't know, I don't know if you've seen part. enough of it as me. I, I, don't, I, have, I don't think I have, but even if I did break, I'm not sure I would mind it. Look, trust me, I've seen the worst of bandwagon fans. You want to talk about bandwagon fans? Walk down the street, see someone wearing an Alabama baseball cap, and ask them who Shad Williams is. Ask them who Kenneth Darby is. Ask them Good what point. year Dick Franconi went to Texas A&M. But I can't stand bandwagon Alabama fans either. I can't stand them. Low-key can't stand them. Brick, I guarantee you I hate them more than you do. Guarantee you that. They didn't get picked on in elementary school by Tennessee fans. <laughs> True. You can find us on Facebook at Pat's Interference. It's P-A-T apostrophe S Interference. On Twitter at P-I underscore podcast. You can go to our website at patsinterference.com. You can listen to us on SoundCloud, Google Play, iTunes. Brick, we actually have our own XM station. Did you know that? It's 941. XM 941. Sirius XM 941. Uh, and you can listen to Pat's Interference whenever you want. They just play our episodes on a loop. It's great. You can go back and through. If, if you can't find it, call XM. Don't call us. And right. everybody do that. And then maybe sure. we'll get one for real. Sure. Maybe if we just made it up like it was missing, like it was there the whole time, they'd just believe us. Oh, well, we better do that. What's your SoundCloud account? They're like, oh, crap. What do you mean Pat's Interference channel is gone? Wait, what channel? You heard them. Pat's Interference, put it back on. Maybe we should try it. Maybe it's a great coup. All right. We're out of here. Thank you so much for listening. Always been a dream of ours to do this podcast. Couldn't do it without you. We thank you so much again. Brick, any last words? Roll Tide. Roll Tide. Thanks for listening.